With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Quack Report. My name's Carter, your host as always, and once again joined by Mr. Nate Thomas. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good. How about you? Not too bad. Can't uh, can't overly complain. So, unfortunately, winter break is almost over, but uh, that's kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to think about that yet. I'm just uh, counting how many days we have left, so... I'm kind of ready to get back into some form of a routine, though, also. I mean, there wasn't much yeah. to start with, with just staying at home, doing online classes, but I'm, I'm ready for something, at least. Yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of am, too. And I think by the, what, how many, yeah, by the end of, like, the four days that we have left, I think I'll be ready as well. But I'm, uh, I'm milking this for all I can right now. I've done <laughs> pretty much nothing but play video games and, and sleep in over the last few days, so. Nice. Yeah, a little bit of work. A little bit of work. Yeah, but not not much. So that's all right. Yeah, how about you? What have you been up to for the last you know few days? I guess. Um, we did a couple. I guess you and I did an appearance on a podcast that we'll get into in a little bit, and yeah. uh, I did another one that will be coming out in a couple days here. And um, yeah, it's kind of like it's like we were talking about it on a, on an episode earlier. Just the start of twenty twenty one has been heavy on guesting in that it seems lately. So which yeah. I mean, I'm not complaining about by any means. No, it's pretty good. Uh, other than that, though, just honestly, like messing around with, uh, I got a jersey template, so I'm designing a bunch of jerseys just for fun to like get used to the program itself, but also just kind of um, just been really creative with that lately. So I've just been kind of yeah. going ham with it. So it's been fun. Nice. Yeah, you've sent me some of the ones you've done. They look. Some of them look just okay, but most of them yeah. look pretty good. So yeah, they're. Uh, there is going to be one, if you guys know of uh, Aesthetics, I know I've mentioned them a couple times, uh, there will be a concept by me uh, appearing there on Sunday along with, uh, here, I'm going to do some self-promotion. Uh, the Aesthetics Talkback crew, uh, or the Talkback is going to be premiering episode one on the Sunday as well, After just after we would uh, finish our live episode. Yeah, so, get which you're a part of, in case that wasn't Which I'm a part so, of, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Um, a- anything else you want to share, or are you you're just ready to get into the the meat of this episode? Just ready to get into the meat. Let's go. All right, let's get meaty. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a uh, pretty much sums up the the World Junior Report right there in in one sound effect. I think um, because that, that that's really all Canada had in, in the, their gold medal game was. Just yep. just a single burp at the in the third period there. So yeah, as a, I mean, as like 
covering the Ducks and I guess the Ducks fan watching Trevor Zegras this entire tournament has been great. Um, and I mean, but as a Canadian watching Canada get up to that gold medal was great also. And I was like torn at the end of it because I'm like, mm-hmm. well, Zegras got the MVP and he won a gold medal, but Canada just didn't have it for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, in, yeah, I, initially I was like kind of sad because I, like, oh, I always hate when Canada loses because I think we're the best at hockey. <laughs> um, but, the, but at the same time, I was like, well, four dust. Ducks prospects were on this U.S. team and just won a gold medal. And in a way, it kind of felt like a Ducks win, which we haven't had for a very long time. And even back in March, we didn't get many of those. So (laughs) it was it was kind of bittersweet, I guess. Um, So I guess we shouldn't be too depressing on here because no one really gives a shit because we're Canadian and most of our listeners are down in the States. (laughs) But uh, but we're sad. Just know that if you're a regular I was oh, like just leaning a little bit more on the Canadian side, trying to be neutral with everything, but you know, I I still got to cheer for my country. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but like you said, we're we're happy for Zegras, of course, and uh, as well as the other three prospects that were were on that team there. So, um, and if and if you're a regular listener of the podcast too, you'll notice that I took down my Team Canada jersey out of sadness. So. <laughs> if you're watching the video of the podcast yeah yeah <laughs> if you're if you're just listening to the audio you're gonna be like i can't see shit <laughs> yeah just, just know that it's it's down in shame so see with your ears and hear with your eyes yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> um but, but i guess i guess before we get too much into that game uh finland did win the bronze medal there, knocking out russia which um as north americans we're always happy about that uh, canada yeah. and u.s kind of share that that, that same hatred for the for Team Russia when it comes to hockey. Um, up in Alberta, we have a saying here, uh, ABC, anybody but Calgary. And I think North America has a saying of uh, ABR, which doesn't have the same ring, but anybody but Russia. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I, uh, I don't know. I Just to kind of go back a little bit, I guess, to Zegers for a quick moment. I promise it ties back to Russia. But, uh, you know, he did have the comments of, you know, Canada hasn't, been really challenged yet in the world juniors the game before they played russia and they beat them five nothing so but the americans lost to russia five to three so i don't know if you can really say they weren't challenged necessarily yeah but uh yeah i don't know uh russia was still a great team this year mm-hmm. uh, and they, yeah. they always nice a good team too yeah i don't um, think this was their best team that they've ever iced but it, it it definitely wasn't bad so yeah and then you know finland in the tournament as well they they played well they went three and one in the round robin and uh you know had that upset to sweden in the quarterfinals mm-hmm. there as well yeah. and unfortunately we're on the uh the losing end against the states um in just kind of the last few seconds they had that miraculous comeback and it just kind of got swept away, yeah. But uh, no, it was still a really good episode, or a really good, uh, really good game, and especially between Finland and Canada, or Finland and Russia. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So let's get into the uh, the gold medal game, I guess, which is probably what everyone listening actually cares about here. So um, yeah, Canada U.S. two nothing win by uh, Team USA. There, heartbreaking loss for us Canadians, but huge, huge win for for Team USA. What was that? The I think I saw something like it was their fourth gold medal in the last 12 years or something. Yeah. And third in the last 
eight or something like that. Yeah, something ridiculous. So, and uh, four straight now against uh, Canada for the gold medal. So mm-hmm. I don't think Canada wants to be playing the States for the gold anymore. No. <laughs> it's. I mean, it always makes for good hockey. Like, even as a, a Canadian, like, the, it was still a good game to watch up until the end. Like, yeah, I, I was still waiting for that comeback. The third period was mm-hmm. all Canadian pressure. Uh, just nothing quality. And, and Spencer Knight was was just on fire so yeah team usa just really clogged up the middle and that was kind of canada's bread and butter it seemed mm-hmm. uh when you kind of thought about it over the last uh like over the rest of the tournament so yeah like up in in canada here on tsn in between the intermissions they do the home plate shots um so everything from the net out to the the dots and up to the the top that it makes the shape of a home plate and those are like the high danger chances and usually canada was just like on fire in those like Every period, it was like, oh, yeah, Canada had 15 home plate shots and insert shitty team here had two. <laughs> and then, oh, look at all five of Canada's goals that period came from that area. And then yeah. in this game, I, I think Canada had two in the like the second period and the U.S. had like, or by the end of the second period in total, they had like two home plate shots and U.S. had like yeah, 15 in, in both their goals. So, the yeah, USA just clogged up the middle and uh, like Spencer Knight put on a, a fucking clinic like this isn't to take away from him, but he, he didn't face really any quality shots. The guy still he, had what thirty five shots against, I think, was it? I'll pull up now. No, it was in thirties. Canada had for shots. Yeah, yeah. Like he he still made quality saves, but there just wasn't that many of them. So I, I think if he was tested more, it, it could have been a different story. Um, maybe a, maybe a two one game, maybe three two. Either way, it, it's really hard to say. But. Um, but again, not to take anything away from him, I, I think he still had a really solid game. So, the attempts that he did have against that were quality. He stepped up to the plate and was like, for sure. Some of them you could argue, and I'm saying this as a goalie as well. Some of them were maybe a little bit lucky, but as a goalie, luck kind of has to be in your repertoire. Also, yeah, not exactly. Everything yeah. is going to be a technical save by any means. Sometimes you just have mm-hmm. to do something to be able to make the save, or it's not exactly what you practice uh, yeah. in on ice sessions. So, yeah, no, that, that uh, luck that comes from just good positioning and, and knowledge. So, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, yeah. yeah, so Canada with 34 shots in the game to the U.S. is 21. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I think most of those came in the, the third period. I, I'm pretty sure the shots were something like 15 to, I don't know, maybe two or uh, three. Yeah, shots in the third. In third period were 15 to one. 15 to one, Canada. so yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> It's and a, like it was like really in the shot department. It was the states for the first period, and then it became Canada. So, mm-hmm. but defensively, the U.S. just locked down. So, yeah, after they went up two nothing, they were like, "Okay, let's just play defensive hockey," and that's what they did. They put on a fucking clinic. Like every team that is in the World Junior Tournament next year is going to be watching the tape from the the second and third periods and just watching yeah. how they can shut down. So that's Canada on and, and other good teams. So yeah, so that's on Canada to adapt to that now, right? They have to figure mm-hmm. out how to score not just from the slot but from the outsides as well. So yeah, yeah, um, exactly. I just pulled up this. I was talking with uh, my girlfriend's dad was messaging me uh, for the first period, and uh, basically just like what the fuck happened and that sort of thing. And so he was asking like, okay, like what, like what are you seeing? Uh, kind of being the the hockey guy in the family, I guess. And so uh, this is just the way that I kind of describe what was going on. I said the U.S. took Canada's game to them of just being aggressive offensively. 
Um, mm-hmm. They just didn't hold back. They attacked, and I just don't know if Canada was honestly ready. Uh, Canada was just chasing them uh, in the offensive end and defensive end even, and uh, just getting all jumpy. The amount of... I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw more passes that missed Canadian players or... Like, yeah, it was just out of reach or skipped or that sort of thing. Then, you know, complete passes. Um, so I said that Canada just had to settle down to play to their potential. And it just unfortunately never happened. So that's not to say that you don't need urgency in your game no matter what. But there's a level that you get to that it's a hindrance to your play. And that's the point that Canada was at. So, yeah. No, for sure. I think and, that's and, a, yeah, a good analysis. Took advantage to, the stages took advantage to that. And it all really started... I mean, it started off the face-off, absolutely. But it really got under the Canadian skin after that first goal. Yeah. That was the first time they were trailing all tournament. Yeah, first time trailing in the first goal ever 5-on-5 five five against. Yeah. So. Yeah. That uh, th- that reminds me, when you brought up about uh, Zagris' pregame interview, um, and he said, like, we just got to be better 5 on five and like and they haven't been tested five on five and that's where both those goals came from because of zagros five on five so like he was putting um what's what's the saying his money where his mouth is yep yeah like that's that's exactly what it was so yeah um and and because we're a ducks podcast i guess we should spend quite a bit of time talking about trevor zagros here and you know blow the train whistle (laughs) let's get on the hype train (laughs) let's go honestly watching this game like it was obviously i'm i'm being Canadian, I'm watching the Canadians, I'm cheering for the Canadians, but I'm really taking a look, and I mean throughout this tournament as well, watching Trevor Zegras. And I got asked about this uh, on the Quack Report Twitter at Quack Report Pod uh, by a few different people after the first couple of games of, you know, like, should the Ducks be getting excited for Trevor Zegras like just yet? Or is this just kind of a, a flash maybe of like World Juniors excellence? He did lead the tournament in, it was assists, uh, last year, I can't remember if it was points uh, as well, but mm-hmm. at least assists. And this year, he led the tournament in I think almost every category. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just a flash on the pan; we were seeing it consistently every single game that there was at least one point for Zegras. And you know, he was just everywhere. And honestly, because of Zegras alone, this score could have been four nothing or five. Oh yeah, the amount yeah. of passes that. Like, this guy can score, obviously, and we talked about it earlier, but he had to remind everybody of how good of a playmaker he was and how great of a passer he was. And that's yeah. even more of a skill, I would say, than shooting. So For sure, To be yeah. able to make that pass, like, it, if the guys that were receiving the pass were able to connect on them then, yeah, the score could have been 5 nothing easily for the States. The amount yeah. of chances that Zegris gave was... Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, and I mean, the stats say that for sure. Like his, uh, like his 27 points, 20 of them were assists. And I I think most of those probably even strength. I don't know the exact stats, but yeah. Um, And I will come to Zegers' defense a little bit. I was seeing a couple of uh, of fans of, you know, different clubs uh, from the NHL saying, like kind of taking stabs a little bit at maybe the Ducks and who they bring in of uh you know bringing up kind of cockiness and whatnot with comments of uh like such of zegris or Corey perry or ryan Getzlaff. 
I will make the defense, even as a Canadian who those comments were directed to, <laughs> yeah. that the comments from Zegris weren't cockiness. I would there there is a line between confidence and cockiness, but that was a confidence. Yeah. Those were confidence comments, both before and after the game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't really see it as cockiness. That's a guy who he knows he's good but he he said from the start it's a team thing everything was about the team it wasn't what he was doing and yeah and i think that showed throughout his play um because again yes he was scoring the goals but he was showing us how great of a playmaker he could be he was setting up everybody else yeah exactly he's not a selfish player by any means all the comments were about team and how they did it and everything like that so it was just it was confidence, and you know what? Mm-hmm. For a team like the Ducks that are rebuilding, somebody with that confidence is probably somebody that we could use sooner rather than later. One hundred percent, yeah. Like, is he going to be one hundred percent NHL ready? It's hard to say. It's unlikely, but I'd say even if he's you know eighty percent ready for the NHL, you got to at least give him a good chunk of the season. Yeah. You know, definitely no, play I, him in the I'm, AHL, yeah. but but keep him. For keep him for his seven games. If he's sticking around and uh, producing offensively, keep him around longer. And and that's not to say as well though. When I say like sooner rather than later, I'm not expecting him to come in for his seven games this season and before the home or like before the season opener against Vegas. Say, oh, Vegas hasn't been tested yet. I'm not saying he's going to no, be saying no, no. that <laughs> by any means. That would be getting to a level of cockiness. Yeah, <laughs> but because you know you're new into the league, you kind of know your place you figure out your place pretty quickly mm-hmm. um so i'm not saying he's going to be doing that but give it a little bit of time get it, like once he is established in this club yeah i think we'll start to see more of that confidence and like i said there is that line between confidence and cockiness i didn't see any of that and that's no. that's not even looking at it uh just from a duck's perspective right like like we've said multiple times on the show we are canadian right like the like Dylan Cousins, the assistant or co-captain, whatever you want to call him, of Team Canada, plays for our hometown team. So like we we very well could have taken offense to that or called it that it was cockiness. But did I didn't see that anyway. And I would say that about anybody I play against either. Uh or also, I guess. So yeah, I just I just saw confidence there. Yeah, no, I agree with you one hundred percent. So I I and with your with your confidence comments about you know bringing it into the NHL, hopefully, um, I just hope that he his confidence carries over on, onto the ice. So I, I don't expect him, and I don't want him to like be in interviews being like, oh yeah, I think I'm going to put up like five points this game, or you know I'm I'm quickly going to make my way to the first line. I'm, I'm going to be the best player on the ice tonight. Like I, I don't see him saying that. I, I think he's just going to go in with that mentality in his head and, yeah. and just show on the ice, you know, and then get three points and afterwards be like, I don't know, it was just I was just confident. I was feeling it that game. Yeah, we don't need to have the star comments from NHL 21's be a pro and you know. Lose- <laughs> Minus 25 points to our teammates every time we make a star comment. Yeah. Um, I, I am going to be excited to see uh, in the next few years how Zegers' personality comes into the NHL because there's a lot of players that don't have a very good personality. Like, Well, and that is something that's been changing over the last few years is we exactly. are actually starting to see personality. I yeah. want to say, honestly, of the last of maybe, I guess what you would call this generation of players... The last guy did not really have personality. I would say it's Connor McDavid. Everybody yeah. else though shows a little bit, at least a little bit here and there. 
And I think we also got to see a lot more of that during the playoff bubble. Unfortunately, not from any of the Ducks guys, but I think we are starting to see more of that, mm-hmm. and that's becoming a thing. The yeah. old boys club of the NHL is starting to fade away, whether they are removed or they just kind of realize their time is done or what. Yeah. Um, it is starting to happen. We are in the middle of a change, both in how the game is played and how it's presented. Yeah, and, and I think Zegris is going to be a huge part of that as well. Um, just because I think he is going to be such a big figure, um, it, at least in the States, uh, in terms of like, uh, like I don't want to just come right out and be like, oh, he's going to be a superstar, all-star, like, or anything like that. Like, he's just going to be a good player that people that follow hockey are going to know. And I yeah. think that personality is going to carry over and we'll start to see that from hopefully more Ducks players, more California um, teams as well. And eventually it'll just kind of spread that way, so... It is kind of the, especially in California, where, you know, hockey maybe isn't the first thing that comes to mind for sports fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, he's going to be a player, I think, in terms of star power, such as Ryan Getzlaff before him, or even now, um, mm-hmm. or even down to guys like Drew Daddy and Jonathan Quick in uh, LA. And Jonathan Quick might even be a stretch. He doesn't really say a whole lot. Um, yeah. Or going to San Jose, you got Brent Burns and unfortunately he's no longer there, but Joe Thornton, right? Like even, yeah, Jumbo Joe, who, you know, was drafted the same year that you and I were born. If you really want to age him or show how young we are, um, even he shows a little bit of that personality every now and then too. Right. But just kind of, yeah, like some of those commercials him and Burns are in. Yeah. Yeah. Just that star power that that's going to be the kind of player that Zegris can be. And I think will be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, basically all this, the last 10 minutes to say Zegers is going to be good. We're excited for him. Uh, and I hope that we see him in, in the NHL this season. Uh, do we, I mean, the, the Colangelo, uh, Thrun, and uh, Lacombe weren't as big of key players, but they still had great tournaments, I would say. Um, I think so. But the yeah. other big factor guy for the Ducks, um, also have to include Sung, uh, Sungvist for Sweden, but... Um, the other guy, obviously, watching all the Canada games was Jamie Drysdale. And um, like I said on the last episode, he had talked about how he was really focusing on his defensive side um, mm-hmm. of that offensive dis- uh, defenseman label that he has. Yeah. Um, and that really showed, I think, in this tournament. I think so. I think especially in the this last U.S. game as well, because you really didn't need to try too hard on defense before uh, before this last game. But... I, I think he 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 was one of our best defensive players um, in this last game. I, I missed the first period of this game uh, with work, but I saw the last two when, which were probably the better of the two periods, anyways. And I, I thought Drysdale's defensive game was awesome, um, especially because he was paired with Bowen Byram, who is known for his offense. And uh, last night he was all over the place. I, mm-hmm. he, like I think they should have put him as a forward on on the roster yeah. sheet because like he was always up on the play. He he pretty, he got a breakaway or not a breakaway, but he snuck in behind like the U.S. Yeah. defense in the I think second period and almost made it two one. Um, so I think being paired with him really forced Drysdale to be that defensive guy because you can't have two purely offensive defensemen on, on your back end there. It's it's just not going to work. So yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so to wrap it all up, at least for me. Uh, Zegras and Drysdale, I would love to see them in training camp. Obviously, this year they mm-hmm. should be going uh, if they 
they are on the, the they are right yes they they are on the roster for training camp like on nhl.com but obviously yeah. they were at the tournament so i think yeah it's basically just saying they're on their way there now so yeah so they'll do their little their time in quarantine they'll still have enough time to uh you know get some some camp in and whatnot and i hope that they get their seven games so because I'd, mm-hmm. I'd like to see personally what they can do so especially starting off the season with two games against vegas way to jump into it yeah so, show us what you got exactly yeah. <laughs> like you got the first game where you're obviously going to have you know some nerves especially coming against a team like vegas which we'll get into our rankings a little bit later mm-hmm. but uh you know that second game they're going to be right into it so yeah. it'll be good yeah for sure um all right well do you want to does anything else you want to say for the world juniors or do you want to move on to uh the nhl talk um congratulations again to uh you know ducks prospects on team usa and to team us winning the gold congrats to finland on winning the bronze and canada will be back next year oh yes all right let's get into the uh new division names and the uh um and their their sponsors um as well as some some uh sponsorships on uh helmet ads god that was a rough sentence to get out i didn't think i was going to be able to do it there um but yeah, new division names and uh, and helmet ads. So um, I'll, I'll just go through the new division names here. Um, obviously, we had West, North, Central, and East. Uh, but now the sponsors are the Honda West division, uh, obviously with Honda being the sponsor of the Ducks Arena. Um, they, they've just sponsored the whole division now. So I think that means we're going to be first in the division, right, Nate? Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Is that our then, way to get in? Is that our little cheat code? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the next one, the North Division, is now the Scotia North Division. Uh, I, I mean, I guess maybe my theory doesn't hold up because Flames definitely aren't taking the first in the uh, in the North. It would be Toronto or Calgary. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, also a, that's also a missed opportunity, I still think, to have it be the Tim Hortons Canadian Division. Yeah. Come on. Come on, Tims. What's going on? <laughs> oh, and the NHL. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, the NHL should pay Tim Hortons to sponsor the division, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, next one, the Discover Central Division. And the last one, the Mass Mutual East Division. Those ones don't quite roll off the tongue as nicely as the Honda West and the Scotia North. but Discover rolls whatever. better even than Mass Mutual. Yeah. That was just kind of like, eh. Mm-hmm. I think these are both banks or some sort of financial institution, aren't they? Yeah, I think Mass Mutual is. I'll just double check that right now. Yeah, to make it's, sure. it sounds like a bank name. So it does. Um, I don't know if because I know Honda sponsors obviously the Ducks Arena and Scotia the Flames Arena. I don't think Discover and Mass Mutual sponsor an arena unless they have like a a, a parent company or a sister company or whatever that um, that sponsors an arena. But I'm not. So sure Mass uh, Mass Mutual is uh, the Massachusetts Mutual Life Insurance Company. Uh, okay. So it's based out of Springfield, Massachusetts. Okay. Um, do, do they maybe sponsor the Boston Arena? Oh, no, that's TD no, that's Garden. TD. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, I don't Never think uh, Mass Mutual does, but uh, let's check Discover. I don't know, Discover Arena. Yeah, I, I tried looking for that earlier and I couldn't find anything. So I don't think they do. Yeah. I, I I searched up Discover Arena and I got uh, how to get to Arena in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's funny. So, <laughs> no, can it confirm at this point? I don't think there's a Discover Arena, or Discover Place in uh, no. the NHL for rinks or, or any sport, probably. Or any sport, probably. <laughs> if the first results of video game, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I I know there's been some backlash about the divisions getting sponsored. Honestly, I don't really care. Like, I'm not going to be walking down the street with like a Honda logo stamped on my forehead being like, yeah. oh, have you watched anything from the Honda West division recently? Like, no one's going to say You're that. You're just going to call it the West. Yeah, the West division. Yeah. Like, like, you're going to hear it every once in a while on the broadcast. Like, this is a, another West division matchup sponsored by Honda. And that's going to be it. Yeah. And that was my thing too was, yeah, the, the division naming, I don't really care about. Like, that's fine to me. Like I said, mm-hmm. it, it would be funny to have the Tim Hortons Canadian division because that's just Canadians fuck. But, <laughs> like, otherwise, you're just going to call it the West Division, the North Division, the Central, the East, right? You're not going to go, yeah. oh, did you look at the standings of the Discover Central Division and see yada yada, right? Mm-hmm. You're not you're not going to be saying it like that. Like, even when you look at the All-Star uh, skills competition, right? It's just the skills competition. It's not the NHL skills uh, all-star skills competition presented by Honda. Yeah, right? exactly. So that I don't mind so much. That's a great way to bring in revenue in a year that they aren't really going to have many fans. And, and they've in. said that their point of view or they're, they're viewing this as a one-time thing. So I don't it, see it happening as a one-time thing. I, I don't and, either. And I'm going to, I'm going to say this a little bit uh, or in a couple seconds here as well. But uh, once you open that door or like just have that little hole through it, mm-hmm so much more is going to come through right away. So I don't, I don't mind it for the division names though. Yeah. I still have a little bit of an issue though with the helmet ads, Mm. because like I said, once you have that little bit, that's a stream of revenue that can very quickly turn into a river. So like, yeah, I don't mind it on divisions, but I'm not, I understand. Okay. I'm, I'm at the perspective. I understand why I just still don't, like it yeah so for having helmet on helmet ads um it's just i don't know like there's some that have been able to work like the calgary flames put out that uh theirs was scotia bank and it does work well into their helmet at least because it's similar colors yeah but god did you see i i know i sent it to you that god-awful pittsburgh ppg one yeah see it's, like massive on the side of the head and it's in a bright blue on a team that's black and yellow. So. It is. So like I, I get why like I, I don't think it looks great either on it. Like I would prefer not to have this, but and again I get why, but I I really don't see it being like a huge impact on the game. Yes, it it doesn't look great, but it's like it's a helmet, and when when you're watching on TV, how far away you are from the players, it's going to be you know a few pixels on your TV. So it's and I and I get that too from that visual point, but it's that once you have that stream, it can quickly turn into a river thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be long because you're going to have that, and it's not even going to be the NHL. The NHL can say as much as they want that this is going to be a one year thing. Yeah, but it's going to be those advertisers who are. Hey, the NHL is allowing it onto, in some way or another, on the uniform from head to toe. Yeah, we want to get in on that. So you're, I think we are going to see it eventually in the next couple of years. Honestly, come onto jerseys, onto pants, onto socks. So, like, 
you take a look over in Europe and it's even on the goalies pads, right? And like being a goalie myself, I like the design of them. When mm-hmm. you were a kid that like the design and stuff of goalie pads and masks, that's what for most goalies got you into it. It wasn't the idea of, Oh, I want to stand there and get a puck shot at my head. Yeah. It was that's some cool fucking gear over there. Yeah. And you're covering all that up in massive ads that take away from it. So I just, that that's my thing. If they make it aesthetically work this year, it's better. Mm-hmm. But and if they, they again, the NHL can say it as much as they want that this is going to be a one-year thing. But the door has been cracked open. Get ready for the excuse me for the rest of it. Yeah. So my my point of view is that ideally, if you have one on the side of the helmet, I I don't care. Once you start putting it on the front, it's like okay, that looks like shit. Like the um, World Juniors, like Team USA with Chipotle on their forehead yeah. <laughs> and on both shoulders. I, honestly, I just think that's funny. But but to me, the NHL jersey is going to be sacred. They're not going to allow it on the jersey. Like they're going to be tempted, but there's no way that fans are going to like allow that to happen. I don't even think the players are going to allow that to happen. So for the longest time, we didn't think there was ever going to be an NHL team in Vegas. Yeah, I guess. But like, I, I just don't. I don't see the, it getting that far. I don't see anyone allowing it to get that far. The helmets might get covered, uh, but I, I think that they'll be able to come up with more creative ways if they really want to sell more ads. Like they started selling ads on the ice and then they started selling ads on the boards or whatever order it happened in. And now with technology, you can put ads like on the glass behind. Yeah, um, like the digital behind, stuff. Yeah, the, the, like all that kind of stuff. So I, I just see, like I, I think they would, find more creative ways before putting it on the jersey. And I think if we ever got to the point where we had, you know, the plastered ones on the, the front of the helmets and the, uh, the ads here and like on the back and around all the logos and all over the jerseys and stuff, I think by the time we got to that point, the league would, would just fold. Like there would be a serious yeah. revenue issue at that point that the league just wouldn't wouldn't survive. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just still see it happen because I even saw it that happened just this last summer with the Premier Lacrosse League. They went into their first year. I have a uh Atlas Lacrosse Club jersey in my closet here with Paul Rabel on it. There's no advertising besides same as the NHL jerseys. They're done mm. by Adidas. So there's the little bit of like there's a little Adidas patch on it because you know that's that branding makes sense on it. We've already had that discussion. If you want to hear my thoughts about that go back a couple episodes but in the last year they added uh ticker Ticketmaster as the presenting sponsor of the league so it's the pll powered by Ticketmaster. and now on the bottom of every jersey on the back just under the number is a massive Ticketmaster ad that takes up the width of the back and i'm just not a fan of it mm-hmm. so like i would have loved to have added a uh, Blaze Royden uh, Chaos jersey this year, but one of the things that held me back was just that massive branding on it. Yeah, I, so I don't want that. So that's my point. And I don't with, want that to happen to NHL jerseys, and I yeah. I just see it happening as well. Because if a tr- if a traditional game, even as much as they're trying to move forward, a traditional game like lacrosse can have that influence put onto it. I see it happening to any like, to the NHL also. You see, my so my point is that if. Because what you did there with the the lacrosse jersey by not buying it um, because it had that ad on it. I think if the NHL ever put an ad on a jersey and then when you bought it, it had that ad on it. I I think that many people would be like you and not buy a jersey. I wouldn't buy a jersey if it had an ad on it. There's no way. And I 
So I, I think that the majority of people wouldn't. And by speaking with their wallets, the, the, uh, excuse me, the league would say, okay, do we want people to buy our jerseys and wear them and basically get free marketing for them and make revenue that way? Or do we want to just sell ads for however much money to these companies? And the I, I think is, they're still bringing in money by selling the ads. Yeah. But which one is more like, I, I think people buying jerseys and the free marketing uh, of people wearing them in public, it would be more than getting them, um, that's than fair. getting the sponsors. Okay. That's what I think. And, and if yeah, enough people, yeah, if enough people are, are like you and me and refuse to buy jerseys with ads on them, then I, I think the league would quickly learn. But unfortunately, we're not out here just buying helmets to wear out in public and, and hockey gloves um, <laughs> of teams and then have the, those logos on them. So I, I think I those. We should wear helmets in public, man. Yeah. I mean, maybe. <laughs> but uh, so, you yeah. I, <laughs> I, yeah. I think. Uh, so I, I think the helmets might get a couple more ads. I, I really hope not. I really hope yeah. that it is just a one-time thing, but uh, I see the jersey as being sacred. So, And I can get over helmet ads. I can get over division ads. Yeah. I can get over everything else. Just not Yeah, like I said, I'm, just, I'm not a fan of the helmet ad just because I see what it brings for the future. And if they, if they made it more aesthetically pleasing, if it is just going to be for the one season, okay, I can... I can live with that. So, like I said, the Flames one looks great with, like, or not. Okay, sure, I'll I'll stick with great. I'll stick with what I started saying. Mm-hmm. That it looks it looks great on the Flames helmet. The colors match, yeah. right? But even taking that same Scotiabank ad that's going to be on the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, helmets, it'll look great on the blue helmet because it's a white logo. But when they're going to the away bucket, make it a blue logo. I understand that those sponsors have you know their marketing and branding. That they want to keep their colors the same, also. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's going to have they there should have been a little bit of kind of midway with some of this as well. So to have that logo say be blue or the PPB or the yeah, PPG logo on the Ducks helmet, that could have been uh, a little bit smaller. Penguins, that, but... Yeah. Or oh, sorry, what did I say? <laughs> you said Ducks. <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry, Penguins. That sh- that should have been a little bit smaller to match a lot of the other teams in the league. That's a that's a massive logo on there. Yeah, I, I'd need and, to see it in person too. But and that very uh, well could have been big. in a black and white logo, or even mm-hmm. just kind of like just the lettering itself. That could have been fine. We've I've seen it done well already with the New Jersey Devils and Prudential. Um, and even well, we're probably going to be seeing Honda as the sponsor on the Ducks helmets. I would imagine, and guarantee yeah. the on the black helmet, it's going to be a white logo, and on the white helmet, it's going to be a black logo. It's yeah. aesthetically going to at least look nice. But even the one of Bridgestone for the Nashville Predators, tweak the colors just a little bit to make it match the rest. Don't have the black and yellow or black and red logo on a navy and yellow uniform. Mm-hmm those colors to match so that, yeah, that would just make I, it better for me so the, the league's always slow to pick up on things like that so i i think maybe in, in five years you know we might get ads that match the color of the teams well it took them <laughs> 10 years with reebok to you know make a go back to a decent look for a jersey again yeah so. <laughs> but. Uh, all right I, I know we could talk about this forever but uh we do have a little <laughs> bit more to get to so if okay. uh if, if you want to get Nate really riled, then uh, message him on Twitter and you can uh, have a discussion <laughs> I've, with him okay, about I've, it. <laughs> I've calmed down a lot more than when this first came up. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. You've it's been pretty been good more, today. <laughs> yeah, it's more just what I see for the future. I'll just reiterate, reiterate that one more time. 
Yeah. All right. And before we get into our uh, division picks for uh, all four divisions, we're just going to take a quick break and we'll see you guys in a few. Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, 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 you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought, like, well, maybe we should wear a Montreal jersey. Then the NHL was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. I, uh, I just found this out in, in the group chat over the last few days. Do you, do you know who uh, the guest that is featured in, in that ad is, Nate? He's uh, uh, It no, was I when don't. they were talking about the, the Habs jersey and yeah. they were like, oh, you should stay neutral or whatever. They got the French guy. Do you know who that is? No, who was it? Uh, Chuck from Simple Plan. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go back and listen to that episode now. I didn't realize they interviewed him, actually. That must yeah. have been an I missed. Yeah, me neither. So, um, yeah, I, I'll definitely have to go back and check that one out as well. So, um, Oh, actually, I do. Uh, we were talked on the last episode when we had this. We ran the same ad as well of how I had gotten a shirt. And we were talking about customs and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So, emailed the company. Great guys. Um, and they, yeah, they right away, I was expecting the next day cause I emailed them at like, it's like five or six mountain time. So it's like eight o'clock over on the East coast. So mm. I'm like, okay, it'll like, they'll check it tomorrow. It's all good. Whatever. I got an email within like an hour nice. and he's like, Oh, that's like really weird. We'll check it out and everything like that. And, uh, he's like, okay, so here's your tracking number. And it looks like it's through customs and, uh, it's just it might be lost right now, but it is through customs at least. Hmm. And so I pulled up the tracking number myself and it's been apparently in Montreal since December 9th. <laughs> you got to go pick it up be, or something. <laughs> it would be the, <laughs> it would be the French to hold my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we don't have any French listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just like, of, of course, of course. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, no, if they're, like bar down breakdown has uh, some awesome merch as well. And uh, so, yeah, definitely go check it out and pick up a shirt. Yeah. And you can follow them on Twitter at BDBD podcast. If you uh, want to check out everything from them and check out pictures of their merch. Uh, all right. Let's get into the divisional uh, picks here. Let's do you want to start with our division or you want to leave that one for the end? Oh, let's go. Let's leave it for the end. Let's go east, central, northwest. Okay. Sounds good. Um, uh, do you want to start or do you want me to? Uh, you start. Okay. Uh, how, how do you want to go through this? Just read down our list? Yeah, just read down your list and then we'll have a, a quick discussion about it. So. All right. So, okay. Now, last, last question. Do we want us to go first to last or last to first? Uh, go first to last. It'll be okay. easier for my brain to follow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for the East Division, I predict that the standings will be as follows. Philadelphia, Washington, 
Boston, New York Rangers, Buffalo, New York Islanders, Pittsburgh Penguins, New Jersey Devils. So essentially you have Philly, Washington, Boston, and the Rangers in the playoffs. In the playoffs Buffalo yeah. just outside of the dance, and then Islanders, Pittsburgh, and New Jersey. Let's talk about that Pittsburgh at the seventh spot there. That's I, I know you uh, You said last year that you didn't think Pittsburgh was going to make the playoffs, um, and then was, you have them even I, lower this year. Technically, I was right. Technically. <laughs> technically. Um, so uh, again, you, you think they regressed even more, or you just have even lower expectations? What's going on there? kind of a mix of both uh just i don't know it just seems like moves that are just for the sake of moves sometimes some to just move out some money it's not the same club from even 2017 obviously i mean everyone's not the same club from then but it's just really not at this point i just don't Mm. think it's the same type of compete anymore i mean their cores get a lot older now um yeah they're They've kind of had a goalie carousel going uh, the last couple of years. Um, I mean, I mean, eventually they've got to fall off, right? Like after making the playoffs for however many years straight. Yeah, I think Crosby and Malkin did kind of realize that last year could have been their last chance, right? With uh, It was coming out that they were sending text messages in the team group chat of like, everybody, if you can, be here and like be here physically but mm-hmm. also mentally right like this yeah. for a lot of the core guys could be a last chance and need to play as hard as they can and unfortunately it didn't happen against Montreal who was 24th uh like the last team to be able to come to the bubble so yeah. i just i don't see it happening this year so yeah no that's fair um spoiler alert for my my picks i got pittsburgh at 6th so i'm i'm pretty much in the same boat as you there so um I'm going to list off mine and then we'll we'll have a quick talk about Philadelphia there. So I have, uh, so my East division standings are Philadelphia at number one, New York Islanders number two, uh, Buffalo and the Rangers take up three and four. Uh, so those are my playoff teams. And then looking just outside is Washington followed by Pittsburgh, Boston and New Jersey. So we agree on the top and the bottom. It's, it's the ingredients of the sandwich we don't quite have together. I got to so, ask you about Boston and your reasoning for having them seventh in the East. So it's uh, th- this was a really tough division. I don't know why we started with this one, honestly. But <laughs> get the top uh, out of the way first, I'd say. <laughs> I, I guess so. Like, because I started from the top to the bottom, and then originally by the time I got to the bottom, my last two teams were Washington and New Jersey. And I'm like, well, New Jersey's eight, and I can't have Washington at seven. So something <laughs> I got to do some some shuffling here. Um, I, I just see Boston a lot like Pittsburgh, honestly, um, just to say it in, in a nutshell. Um, yeah. I mean, Chara's gone now. He was a huge part of that defense. I, I think that's really going to hurt them defensively. Uh, Pasternak is a question mark to start the season. Um, he's got a, I want to say, hip injury or something. Yeah, I think it was hip. Could be totally wrong. Yeah. Obviously, we're a Ducks podcast. We're not a Bruins podcast. Yeah, exactly. So, I, uh, it's... Like, I know they still have Bergeron and Marchand, but again, those guys are getting older too. They, I, I just don't think they improved enough in the offseason to really go very far. And a lot of my predictions for, the, for these standings I based off of goalies because I think having a solid goalie tandem is going to be super big for this year. I think you can't just rely on one goalie. Um, I, I think you need, unless you have a carry price, but even then I think he still needs a backup so uh, that, can, that can step in for 
you know, 15 to 20 games at the minimum, I think. Um, because with the shortened season, I, I just think you need to have a solid backup and you can't just rely on one guy because it's just going to be so intense and there's going to be so many games on back-to-back nights. So, and so you, I, don't I, think that, you don't think the tandem of Rask and Halak is going to do them any good this year still? I, I don't know. They're... they're it's, I, I don't know. I've never had big faith in Rask and Halak. I've had them uh, on fan- really? various fantasy teams over the last few years and it, they just aren't doing it for me and in, in combination as well with losing Chara and, and potentially Pasternak for an extended period at the beginning of the season I think that it's just really going to hurt them early um, are you sure seven, you're not a Boston fan you sound like you they had say the exact same thing about the goaltending too <laughs> <laughs> maybe I am I don't know it's never been the issue <laughs> yeah uh, like I, putting them at seven seems so low but I just don't honestly I just don't know who I'd move out um, oh, fair enough so it, it's it is what it is it's I guess kind of one of my hot takes for for this division. But I did a hot take. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I, I don't know. I th- I think that a lot of people would switch Boston and Buffalo on mine, but I really think the addition of Hall is, is more important than than people realize for Buffalo. So, yeah, that's fair. Um, that, that's really the only reason I have for them. So, uh, and I think it's just it, it's got to be time for Buffalo to do something. Like, yeah. I just feel so bad for them. <laughs> Yeah, I do have Buffalo at number five, just on the outside looking in. I do like a lot of the moves they made, and I think they're. This is going to be the year that they finally maybe establish, hopefully, a little bit of a culture of some mm-hmm. sort. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, like you said, the addition of Taylor Hall, but even leadership like Eric Stahl, that's just going to really benefit them. Yeah. The only kind of question mark for me is still their goaltending. Mm-hmm. If they can step it up a little bit, though, I think they sh- they have a shot. Yeah, no, I think I, I think Hutton's a, a a good goalie. I think he's going to take a big step this year, and I think that's going to be big for them. So, um, so yeah, uh, it, it hurt me to put Washington on the outside looking in. Honestly, I could swap Washington and the Rangers, but I like the Rangers just a little bit more. So that's why yeah, I put them up. Washington, Washington, and the Islanders. We have different uh, differing mm-hmm. views on. I have Washington at second, with the Islanders at sixth. The Islanders, I. You could really put them anywhere. It kind of just depends on how they do at a specific time. Yeah. Um, I mean, like we saw last year, they can they can do really well, but we've also seen them dip in that same kind of time frame. So yeah. I don't know. Like I I didn't feel crazy comfortable putting them at number six either, but I've just seen more improvement, I guess, from some of the other teams. Boston, I still have in third because I think they can still compete at least. It won't be to a first, like a division win type style. Mm-hmm. Like they are definitely on the out. They need to start to look ahead at rebuilding or even a soft rebuild at least. Yeah. And I think that's what they are doing. Um, but yeah, I still see them being able to compete. Mm-hmm. And Washington, I still see them being able to compete also, even with, uh, you know, even the addition of Chara, which is adding a veteran leader but also it's adding a older presence to the yeah. team i guess yeah, which sure. um i i don't know i see him playing third line minutes mm-hmm. in uh washington which yeah. is going to be a bit of a downgrade for him but especially considering his payment so and yeah. you know that was like that was the last resort as well for chara he wanted to stay in boston oh for sure and yeah. You know, he was told that they wanted to move forward with the younger players, and you mm-hmm. have to respect that at the same time. So, yeah, it's exactly. going to feel really weird 
seeing Char in a Washington oh, jersey. Oh, dude, it's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think I did the math on it, and he became the captain, I think, when I was in grade three or four. Yeah. And I'm in my, like, we're in our sixth year of university now. Mm-hmm. So that's a <laughs> long ass time. <laughs> yeah. My my only issue here with Washington is their goaltending. I, it's just unproven to me. It could be good, but I, I, I just don't have, if I was a Washington Capitals fan, I wouldn't have faith in the goaltending until, you know, maybe 10 or 15 games into the season. So that's fair. That's, that's my issue with them. Um, yeah, looking at my, yeah. my predictions, I'm not super happy with how this division turned out, but I'm going to leave <laughs> it. And I know that people are going to hate it on Twitter. So yeah. hopefully we get those likes. Exciting, let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, last thing, I guess we spend a lot of time on this division, but I know the other ones are going to be quick. So Philadelphia at number one, um, I think we can pretty much both agree that I think Hart is huge for that team. They're a deep team. Um, and, and I think they have a lot of potential. Yeah. The tandem of, uh, of uh, Carter Hart or uh, as Bostonians, I think that's how you say it, uh, would like to say, kind of hot, um, which is the best way of saying it, honestly, even if you're not yeah. from Boston. Um, yeah, Boston, or, uh, yeah, Boston and uh, <laughs> Carter Hart and Brian Elliott, they just really work off each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Brian Elliott knows the role that he's in and he's good at that role at this point. I think so. Um, yep. And yeah, just the way that Philadelphia has been able to pick up, uh, I think it, big thing for them mentally is and we saw a little bit in the playoffs too was the re-inclusion of uh oscar limblom that's going to be a driving force this year for is sure, for sure. we got him back he survived he got through everything we can do this kind of for him so yeah, yeah i think so too so I, I expect big things from philly um number one might be a bit of a hot take but we'll I guess we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll Top happen, three so. for sure. Oh, easily. Uh, yeah. We just we had to place them somewhere. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's move on to the central division here. A little bit more in agreement here. Actually, actually, there's really not a whole lot of difference. So yeah, just a um, couple teams flip flopped. Yeah. So I had Tampa Bay at number one, Carolina, Dallas, and then Columbus to round out my top four, uh, followed by Nashville, Detroit, Florida, and Chicago. Uh, just want to list yours off too, and then we'll just kind of. Do a general talk. Sure. So we have the same, I'll just say we have the same teams making it and not making it, uh, just different orders. So I have Tampa, Carolina, same as Carter, but I have Columbus and Dallas flipped around. So Columbus is going to be in third. Dallas just getting in at number four. Uh, Nashville still at five. Florida at six. Detroit at seven. Chicago at eight. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty safe to say Detroit, or not Detroit, sorry. Uh, Chicago is going to be uh, full-on rebuild this year. They don't have good goaltending. They are going to be out. Kirby Doc. Yeah, if you have to pick a starter, who are you going with? My gut wants to tell me Malcolm Subban because he has NHL experience. Yeah, but even exactly. Then, I I don't know if I uh, want to rely on him. Yeah, I don't even know the name of their their backup. I looked it up and I was like, who the fuck's this guy? So it's uh <laughs> it's going to be really interesting. Actually, it's going to be not very interesting to watch <laughs> Chicago this year. But yeah, out Kirby it's not Doc. Be Detroit last year levels bad, but I it's think it not could be. be great. You think so? I think so. They don't have Kirby Doc or Jonathan Taves to start the season at least. Yeah, it, Taves is out indefinitely, so it's possible he misses the whole season. Doc is basically out the whole season, and like maybe he'll see the last couple weeks of the season, but they're not making the playoffs. So I. I have zero faith in Chicago. I, I mean, they, they were a dynasty for a long time, so it's yeah. uh, it's time. I feel like for that reason that I don't think we're going to be seeing many trades this year 
It's going to be a lot like the NFL where the teams that you start the season with are going to be how the rosters look at the end of it. Yeah. Excusing a couple maybe injuries or COVID related or just illness. Yeah. Um, But it's going to be very similar from start to finish. Mm -hmm. Chicago might be the one place where you see a deal being made. And it could be even this week, I think, before the season starts because of losing Taves and Doc in that like what week span. Yeah. They got to do something, I think. Yeah. So. Uh, the only issue is they're going to get absolutely fleeced on a trade because every GM out there knows that they're desperate. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's going to be okay. Do you want to just accept that you're not going to be good this year and look for a higher pick? Not to say tank, but just kind of accept reality. Yeah. Or do you want to still try to be middle competitive and yeah. sacrifice your future? So yeah. Um, Detroit and Florida. Um, I have Detroit a little bit higher than you. I have them at six. You have them at seven. I think Detroit made some big steps this year. Uh, they're still a very young and inexperienced team, so I don't see them uh, doing too well. But, I mean, their goaltending situation looks great with uh, Grice and Bernier. Um, yeah. They, uh, you know, I think they've improved their forwards and defense. I don't think there's anything outstanding, but they've improved, so... Yeah, for Detroit, I just see it's a lot of guys who are going to have to get to know each other and find that chemistry very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a lot of tooling to do on this Detroit team, but they definitely made steps. Um, I have Florida sitting just a little bit ahead of them, purely for uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. We know he didn't have a great season last year, definitely not a $10 million a year season, but... Bobrovsky's known for having a off year and then coming back with a Vesna performance. We could, this, this technically would be that Vesna year. So mm-hmm. being at sixth might have even been a disservice to Bobrovsky. We'll Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the middle teams, we don't really have to talk about too much. I think they're all pretty self explanatory. Uh, Tampa Bay at number one, even like. I mean, defending cup champs, they've been number one in the division or close to for a very long time. I'd, I don't see them going anywhere. So, Yeah, I'll just say that for Dallas at number four, the only reason I say that is because it's a, and same with even Nashville at number five, it's Western teams coming into what's essential, what would normally otherwise be a Eastern division. It's a mm-hmm. very different style of play. The East is a lot more skill in the west is the west is still very skillful don't get me wrong but it's a little bit more hard hitting still it's a heavier game for sure yeah so i think that's just what's going to hinder them a little bit on top of even the guys that they brought in like pavelski they're another year older so i'm not sure even even after coming off of going to the Stanley cup finals i'm just not sure how it's going to turn out uh the one thing though with that division that's going to be really interesting is normally Tampa in like a normal circumstance, Dallas and Tampa would only be playing each other two times this season. They're going to be playing each other. Was it seven times or eight times? Eight times after a seven game series. So we are going to see rivalry build from this after <laughs> starting after going in the bubble. So I'm, I'm going, going to be, watch every single one of those Tampa Dallas games because yeah. they're going to be awesome. Yeah. And those teams didn't change dramatically. Not a whole lot, no. The the core is very much still there. We thought Tampa was going to be changing dramatically, but with, I don't want to call it luck because you're still losing Victor Hedman, but with the luck of LTIR, they're able to keep a lot of those guys still around. Yeah. 
Um, let's move on to the north here. Um, this one we get a little bit different. I mean, let's start with the similarities, though. Um, I'll let you read yours off first here, Nate. Okay, so I have uh, Toronto, Calgary, Vancouver, and Edmonton making it. And sitting on the outside are Montreal, Winnipeg, and Ottawa. Okay, um, yeah, I'll list off mine as well because, again, there's some similarities here. So Toronto, number one, uh, followed by Edmonton, Montreal, and Calgary. So those guys making the playoffs. And then Vancouver, Ottawa, and Winnipeg to round out uh, the other three there. So we have Toronto at number one. That's the same. Uh, and Winnipeg and Ottawa uh, in six and seven, we've just uh, we've just swapped. So um, those are the same. Toronto, I, I don't think we really have to say anything there. They're, they put up the points. <laughs> they put up the points, and I actually think they have improved. Even if everything so. stayed the same, I think they had a better shot this year. That's not to say that they would have taken first in any other year, but yeah. they have definitely improved all around. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ottawa and Winnipeg, you, you could really swap these ones. I, I really think we're different just for the sake of being different. Um, I, I, like, they're both good teams, I think. I, I just put Ottawa ahead because I think they they've improved and their young guys are kind of wild cards and I think they could um, they they could prove to be better than than some of Winnipeg's depth guys. So yeah, I can say, I will just echo what you said there as well with uh, with Ottawa. Uh, Winnipeg for having them miss the playoffs is just that defense is still really concerning to me. Mm-hmm. On top of you know all the trade rumors and that with uh, Line a and. Um, uh, what's his name? Not Radulov, but uh, there's another guy as well that things are not great with. And we saw what happened even a few years ago with uh, Evander Kane and just how it kind of affected the locker room and how it affected everybody uh, yeah. on the ice even. So it's I think the thing that's going to hurt them is that and slow starts. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you there. So now we get into uh, the middle team. So just... Quick recap, I have Edmonton, Montreal, Calgary, Vancouver. You have Calgary, Vancouver, Edmonton, Montreal. So we've kind of... I was going to say, uh, is just it, the oh reverse no, I, I thought it, for a second I thought it was like a complete flip, but... It's close. I mean, I have Edmonton, <laughs> Montreal, two and three, and you have them four and five. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it kind of is. Kind um, of. Edmonton, I'm biased. I, I, I just think they're good enough to be like number two. I mean, I think they're very similar to Toronto. They're like the, the Western Toronto. So if you put Toronto at... Number one, why not put Edmonton at number two if they're very similar? Um, Montreal, I have them at number three because I think that Jake Allen's going to be a good backup with Carey Price. Um, so as I said before, I think goalies, goalie tandems are going to be uh, super important this year. And then I think their their offseason moves have just improved them. Kokaniemi is looking really good for them as well. Calgary, it hurts to put them in the playoff spot, but I, I mean, <laughs> Jacob Markstrom is going to be good for them. I I know they're a good team, even though I don't want to admit it. That's the only time I'm going to say that ever. So <laughs> remember that. Um, and then Vancouver, I just think that they made some moves that maybe weren't the greatest in the offseason. Um, and hope he's a big question mark. So yeah, But I, I think they're still going to be close to, to Calgary. I think Montreal, Calgary, and Vancouver are all going to be very close. Even Edmonton. I think those four are going to be very, very close. Yeah. Uh, so my place in Calgary at number two is not biased. Uh, I tried to look at this from a very non-biased perspective because I had to uh, answer the same question as well on uh, Flames Unfiltered. I guessed it on there. 
But, um, and I mean, okay, that could come across as biased, but I was really trying <laughs> not to be. Calgary, I just really like the moves that they made this year. And you already talked about Jacob Markstrom, but nobody's still really talking about David Riddick. And more the fact that it's maybe something you have to watch more of him to understand, but he plays well as a fringe starter, I guess. Um, he doesn't, he can't carry a full workload, but give him a max 35 games and it looks really good for him. Jacob Markstrom is going to be able to take the bulk of this season, even with 56 games. But uh, I think that tandem is really going to shine. And uh, yeah, just some of the other moves as well, like bringing in Tanev. I think it's just really going to help them in the long run. And they've already been doing some lineup shakes. Uh, Monahan and Gaudreau are going to have less offensive responsibility, I think. They're going to be on the second line. So um, I think it looks really good for Calgary. Vancouver, I still like some of the moves they made. Unfortunately, they did lose some of their guys to Calgary as well. Uh, Calgary does seem kind of like the the stirring pot of... uh, some some of the good guys from kind of everywhere lately in the last few years, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I still see it working. The goaltending is going to be the question, I think, as well. If uh, you know Thatcher Demko was, if that success in the playoffs there against Vegas was just kind of flash in the pan, or if he's going to you know be that guy that he was projected to be for uh, all this time, and I think Braden Holby could be having like could have a bit of a bounce back season. It's a fresh start for him. And, uh, you know, he he might be playing even for a starting job in Seattle. So you never know. Mm. Um, Edmonton I have in fourth. That team will go as far as Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl will be able to take them kicking and screaming. The only thing that, like, em- like Edmonton looks great. Forward lines look spectacular as they have the last few years. And defensively they're a lot better than even two seasons ago i i I have to give them that edmonton themselves will tell you by not telling you that the tandem of uh koskinen and mike smith is not what they were hoping to go into this season with and i still i still buckle (laughs) at the thought that they were so close on getting thomas grice and not having mike smith and detroit came in with a hundred thousand dollars more for the same term and said here come down here and uh, you might you maybe even get a couple more starts, um, and that's how quickly it slid away from them. So yeah, it's just that goaltending that doesn't uh, doesn't really entice me. I still see them making the playoffs, but I'm just yeah, I just I just don't have them as high for that reason. Okay, uh, quick rebuttal. I know that we're a, a Ducks podcast, so we won't get into it too much. <laughs> but we're Canadian; um, we have to. <laughs> we have to, especially as as with these as our number one teams. So I've got a I've got some stats that I just want to share with you here. Um, oh God! <laughs> so comparing Mike Smith and David Riddick, um, records are, I guess, similar but not you know exact. Um, just with Riddick starting more games early on and Smith not really starting as many, but looking at other stats, mostly goals against and save percentage, not that different. Uh, Smith with a 295 goals against and Riddick with a 297 uh, and then save percentage 902 to 907 for Smith and Riddick there. So very similar numbers there. Um, And then the other one I want to share with you before I get into my point is I believe it should be this one. Yeah, Koskinen and Markstrom, 
both with a 275 goals against and a 917 save percentage for Koskinen and 918 for Markstrom. Again, records are slightly different there with Markstrom kind of being more of a starter. Um, but stats very similar from last season. So everything that you said about the Flames and the confidence in their tandem, uh, you basically just say the same thing for Edmonton. So, Dude, I saw this on Twitter two months ago. Yeah, so why so why were your points different for both of those goalies? I'm just saying they're very very similar. So Riddick's numbers start to go down later on in the season, and that happened the last two. Same with Smith. Smith has just been aging out over the last few years. His last, mm. I would say, even good year, and that's putting it lightly, would have been that last season with Calgary. So I just haven't seen him do it as much for Edmonton. Well. I don't know. Numbers don't lie. I know numbers aren't everything, but yeah. it's that's that's my point there. So we'll uh, yeah, we'll, we'll let the Ducks fans tell us what they yeah. think. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I don't think either one of us have great, like fantastic goalie situations. But at least they're better than they have been the last few yeah. years. So um, I will say for Montreal, though. Okay, if you're if you're wanting to talk about tandems in general, though, in the Canadian division, Montreal has it, but mm. that's. I like the moves that they made as well. I just haven't seen enough that tandem is the best thing that they have going for them. So I just don't. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, they're very similar to Ottawa, I guess, and that there's a lot of question marks. Um, yeah. And their their young guys are really going to have to step up. But I, I think between Suzuki, Kokaniemi, and um, I don't know who else I'm thinking of. There is another one, but but, but at least between those two, I think they're going to really improve. Who sorry? Caulfield, Cole. Um. Oh, I forgot he was there. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good too. Um, but yeah, that, so I mean, really, I, I could put Montreal at three or I could put them at five, but I put yeah. them at three just to, yeah. There, there's very, two very different types of people in Canada right now, and one of them puts Montreal in the playoffs and the other does not. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, everything else we can pretty much agree on to, to some extent. So I did have to laugh. I forget who it was though, but somebody. Everyone was like, okay, yeah, Toronto in first. Like, almost everybody for the Canadian division has Toronto in first. I had yeah. to laugh, though, when this person had said that Toronto, they put like records in there as well uh, for the season. They oh, said yeah. Toronto was going to have eight losses total. I'm like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, like they put, they're good, but they aren't that good. Yeah. It's even ba- in this it's ba- it looked like they just took the wins from last year for all the teams. Or just took the wins of Toronto, sorry, from last year, and then just like subtracted it from fifty six and gave them yeah. that many losses. It's like no, exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, let's get into the West now, uh, the division everyone has been waiting for. Um, we also talked about this on the uh, St. Louis Blues podcast. We are, uh, I guess, we didn't mention that yet. Uh, oh, we yeah. made a, a brief guest appearance on their podcast. So after you're done listening to this, you can go check that out um, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, it's it's the Blue Notes podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. So it's a good uh, talk with uh, Tom and Wags there. Yes, it was. Um, they asked us all about our, our Ducks team, and uh, we'll, we'll have them on at some point as well to discuss the Blues closer yeah. to uh, our first matchup with them. So, um, but yeah, let's go through our, our teams here. I think, yeah, I made you start with the last one, so I'll do this one here. Yeah. Um, I have St. Louis, Colorado, and Vegas, and Minnesota at number four, uh, which uh, we'll get into that in a sec. And then I have <laughs> Anaheim at five, Arizona at six, LA at seven, and San Jose at eight. Um, yeah, Minnesota at four, it's, 
I, I just can't not put them in the middle. And I think a big... <laughs> like, mild. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, I might be a little biased here as well, but he played for Calgary, so I guess uh, it's not total bias. But I think Talbot is really going to improve their goalie situation. I mean, definitely an upgrade over Devin Dubnik. Um, so I think he'll be good. It's They don't have the best tandem, but I, I think they'll just be okay. Stalock and Talbot could be difficult for some teams. Uh, exactly, yeah. And and I know that when Talbot gets hot, especially late in the season and in games that matter, he, he's going to be awesome. So in, in this shortened season, I, I think he might really turn it on, you know, 10 games in and just carry them through. Um, it, it might be enough to, to squeak them in there. So um, the rest we can we can talk about after you give your, your points here. Sure. So uh, I got starting at number one, Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado. So a little bit of a mix up uh, in that top mm-hmm. three there uh, with Arizona squeaking into the playoffs there at number four. We both have Anaheim at number five. Uh, I have San Jose at number six, Minnesota at number seven and Los Angeles at number eight. Yeah. So with both of us putting Anaheim at number five, I think it's we're just trying to be realistic here. It'd be nice if we got into the playoffs. I think that we could have the potential of uh, beating Minnesota or Arizona, whichever one might be in there. Um, I, I think it's going to be close anyways. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I So here, I'll just kind of explain my difference in those teams. Yep. Um, Arizona will be able to make it into the playoffs. Their big thing over the last couple of years, they will be able to make it into the playoffs as long as especially goaltenders stay healthy. That yep. is the big thing that has hindered them from playoff success or getting to the playoffs uh, in the last couple of years here has been just the health of their goaltenders. So, if, you know, hopefully shortened season, it stays a lot better. Um, yeah, yeah, no, looking at, number, yeah, looking at their healthy team, I, I think they're a fourth place finish. Um, but if, uh, like, like you said, if, if they're not healthy, they're not going to be fourth place. But yeah. just assuming they're going to be healthy, that's why I have them. Uh, or no, sorry, you... You have them there. I've met them before. Yeah, I was looking at the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. trying to think, and then I was like, "Wait, no, I didn't do that." Yeah, no. Look, looking at them and assuming that they're going to get injured, I have them at six. So, um, San Jose, I have in sixth, uh, which hopefully will have them like the Stick Hungry podcast, like me, still a little bit more than you. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I do see last year as being an off year, but maybe not to the extent that some Sharks fans think. Um, I think there still does need to be that tooling there. And do you want to talk about tandems again of mm-hmm. uh, Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik? I'm just not seeing that being a star tandem yeah. that's going to help you very much. So Eric Carlson and Brent Burns and the rest of that decor are really going to have to work this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you do have leaders on that team, but I think losing a locker room presence like Joe Thornton is that's going to be big for them. Hurt. Yeah. Um, I almost put San Jose uh, at four above Anaheim. And like that, I was like, I thought about that. I was like, can I do this as a host of the Ducks podcast? And I almost did it. And then I was like, oh, I should look at their goalies. I forget who they have as a goalie. Yeah. And then I saw Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik. I was like, nope, eighth no. place. No. <laughs> um, Minnesota, I have in number seven, just because, you know, we keep talking like and making the joke of the Minnesota mild. Yeah. And there hasn't, same thing. There just hasn't been much improvement there that I've seen outside of bringing in Cam Talbot. And to echo what you said, if he gets hot, they have a chance. But if it's meh, 
right? Like, Which we've Stalock, also seen from Talbot. Yeah, it's it's Staylock is your best option. And yes, we did see him steal it from Devin Dubnik last year, but I'm just not confident in the rest of the team, honestly. Yeah. Um, Los Angeles, this isn't to put them down being at number eight. Um, they haven't they didn't make many moves in the offseason because they are in full rebuild mode. They are stockpiling draft picks and developing their guys. Give them five years, I'd say. You're really going to see an increase in uh, in production from them again sure. as, yeah. as a whole. Um, yeah, so it's it's not a disservice to LA fans and the Kings Den uh, by saying that they're going to be in eighth place. They're just in rebuild mode, and I think they're doing it right. So. I think so too. Yeah. So it's just a matter got, of time before they're going to before you make the Ws. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Anaheim's been in that boat for the last couple of years yeah. as well. I mean, last not to the same year, extent, I would say, but, but yeah, it's been a little bit softer, but it's uh, the same sort of thing. So yeah, um, let's talk about our top threes now. Um, we we have the same teams. Uh, I just have St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas. You have Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado. Um, why'd you put Vegas at number one? Vegas, I have number one because I mean, okay, I. Obviously, I'm biased when I talk about goaltenders being one myself. <laughs> but the tandem of Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Lehner, that's terrifying. I don't care what conference or division you're in. Even if you're not, like, you could be in the North Division not playing them. You're still going to look at that piece of paper and go, I don't want to fucking play that. I don't want to shoot against that. I don't care who's in that. I don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's a terrifying tandem right there. Yeah. And, uh yeah, even just, you know, the addition of Petrangelo. They unfortunately lose Nate Schmidt, which, uh, you know, that's a real kick in the nads, I think, to both Schmidt and to Vegas fans. And I think Vegas is unfortunately getting starting or starting to get a reputation of you got two years here and you're gone because mm-hmm. we're going to go after the next shiny thing, which uh, I really hope that's not the case. Like, I hope they can squash that pretty quickly. But that's what it's starting to look like, and they're only going into year four. Yeah. Um, for St. Louis... The big thing I think it's going to be, or maybe not big thing, but it is one of the most recent things is the addition of Mike Hoffman. He is just on a PTO right now, but from what it sounds like, it's more of a handshake agreement that he will be signed, and it's more just trying to figure out some LTIR money space, essentially, for the cap. Yeah. Um, but that team still looks good. That team can still compete, and even with the division realignment, they have a lot better chance. Uh, Colorado... It's going to be the same thing, I think, as Arizona. We've seen what happens when their goaltenders go down. It does really hurt them, even with uh, Kale McCarr, Gabe Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon. It you need good goaltending. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and yeah, so as long as their goaltending can stay healthy, they'll be just fine. Yeah, I. I don't think I could physically put Colorado any lower than number two just because of Nathan McKinnon and like what he's able to do. Yeah. Um, so I will be, but again, the, there is a question league. mark. What's that? Sorry. I will be keeping him in my fantasy league. Oh yeah. That you'd be stupid not to honestly. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the reason I have Vegas at number three is because I think a big thing of their, in their first year was just rallying together as a team, especially with, um, with that tragedy in Vegas that happened just before the season started and yeah. like being a group of misfits, like just the whole story, like they were good. And then, you know, I think some of that came through in the next couple of years as well. They also put together just a solid roster. 
uh, anyways. But I, I think that the locker room chemistry just isn't quite there in Vegas because it's such a revolving door. I think um, I think f- players the, are starting to get scared. Like there's yeah. as much as Vegas has said they aren't going to do it and that they're going to run with the tandem of it. There's still a lot of rumors going around with Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, and uh, aren't they still over the cap? Like, don't they still have to make moves? Uh, that I'm not sure of offhand, but I can double check okay. for you. But I'm just never a fan of uh, teams going big in free agency, and I, I think it's uh, bad juju, bad luck. Um, maybe I'm I'm just a, a poor hurt Oilers fan. Uh, but I, I think <laughs> the acquisition of Petrangelo, yes, he's a good player. Yes, he's going to improve their team, but I, I just think it's bad luck. So <laughs> I, uh, but I, I don't see them being a bad team. So I still have to put them in the top three. Yeah. So right now uh, here, I'll pull up cap friendly here, just on my screen. Uh, Chrome tabs, Vegas. There we go. So yeah, they uh, basically have $0 in projected cap space. Um, their roster size is only at 21 of 23. Uh, 45 out of 50 contracts, so they're at least under for contracts, but obviously mm-hmm. you're spending a lot of money uh, elsewhere. So, But on the bright side, if you want to help, the the big thing is going to be that um, if they want to get rid of guys, and we saw it with the Nate Schmidt trade, they're going to have to give up stuff as well for teams to w- want to help them out, essentially. Yeah. Um, and if you take a look right here, at their next three years for drafting, uh, they have still a couple extra stockpiled uh, draft picks, especially New Jersey's second round pick there. That could be a little bit more enticing or even Vegas's mm-hmm. own first round picks there. They still have the next three years of them. Yeah. So those will be what uh, other teams will be looking for of, okay, we'll take this guy off your hands to help your cap, but we want a little bit more to come our way. Yeah, exactly. Um Last thing uh, that I want to talk about here, having St. Louis at number one, I, I I think of them a lot as the Tampa Bay of the West, where they they can just they, they can pound out games and, and wins in a regular season like nobody's business. And I, I think they're a really solid team. Yes, they lost Petrangelo, but I think they uh, they made up for it with some of their acquisitions. Um, so I, I'm not. By saying this, I'm not saying I think they're going to win the cup or go deep in the playoffs. I'm just saying I think that they're a good team that can just just bang out wins. So, which is there what gets go. you the the lead in the division. So, anything else you want to add here about uh, the division predictions? Or are you ready to just post post these on Twitter and watch <laughs> I, the shit? Storm? I can't wait for the shit storm on Twitter. Like just getting tagged in some of the other ones, like for the West Division specifically. Uh, it's been fun. I think it was the Vegas guys had like all of them had Arizona in last, and it was just yeah. like, my phone just a bloodbath up. Holy <laughs> shit! Let me tell you, I I want to say I had two hundred tweet notifications that day off of that post alone (laughs) because we were tagged in the initial post every comment we were getting so it was absolute (laughs) shit show i had to put my phone on low battery mode to actually make it last through the day that's insane (laughs) like there was straight up one point i put my phone down for 10 minutes and i had 40 tweets (laughs) yeah it's uh it's gonna be interesting anyways yeah Uh, all right. Well, that, uh, that about wraps us up here. A little bit of a longer episode, but that's okay. Uh, and we're just a week away from Ducks hockey. Yeah!
hell yes. Um, a week, Nate, we're just the- under a week from just hockey being back. So the Ducks will mm-hmm. play on the 14th, but there's still going to be some great games starting off on the 13th. So I am oh, yes. so ready to go. I am yeah. ready. Yeah. <laughs> like even my girlfriend this morning was like, we don't have any hockey to watch today. And she's like, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm actually a little bit upset. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> how do you think I feel? Yeah. <laughs> I don't really have to wait for a week, but like I was already back in hockey mode. I need yeah. it now. <laughs> the World Juniors was the worst tease ever. <laughs> right? It's like, here's hockey for you to watch when you don't have on anything else side, to do. If you want to look on it at a, on a positive note, though, in a week, we will have games every single day. Every goddamn until, day. I'm until so after Canada Day and Independence Day. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. All right. Where can they find you, Nate? And uh, hop on the hype train. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Tate Namas. That's T-A-T-E-N-H-O-M-A-S. You can also catch me on uh, the Sunday episode coming up on the Aesthetics YouTube channel for the first episode of The Talkback, which we will be talking about uh, some good old Jersey stuff. Probably reverse retros. Just going to throw that out there a little bit and uh, talk about some of our favorites and our least favorites. So, if you want some different perspectives, there's some great guys on there. Uh, one thing I'm just going to throw out there as well with uh, one of the guys on that panel, Dallas Kirkpatrick, uh, great designer to start off with. And I learned last night and messaged him about it this morning. He designed the jerseys for, uh, I forget how to exactly to pronounce it, uh, but the Czech team that Yarmer Yager owns and plays for, he designed their jerseys for this season. So nice. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I messaged him. I was like, when did I miss that? you did this for his team. <laughs> and he's like, oh, we did it in the summer and that. And I'm like, okay, that's like the closest, I think, to like the coolest thing ever you can design for besides an NHL team. Is, yeah, Pretty much. It's Yarmer Yager's. You, you made Yarmer Yager's team's jerseys. So yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. But yeah, so you guys can catch me uh, on there on Sunday. Uh, and that episode will actually air right after we're done on our live stream episode on Sunday cool. as well. Perfect. The Black Report. Perfect timing. Um, and yeah, you can catch that live stream of the Quack Report on uh, our Twitter page, which is at Quack Report Pod, as well as the Hockey Podcast Network's Facebook and YouTube channels. And if you want to get more of me, which I don't tweet much, but if you want to DM me and have a nice old chat, you can do that at Carter underscore Potts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> at Carter underscore Potts underscore 97. And Potts is P O T T S on Twitter. All right. I think that's it. I think that's it. That was a pretty hefty episode for a Thursday, not going to lie. Yeah, uh, we're just getting hyped for hockey. So we're just ready it's, uh, to go. it's awesome. Get I probably should have started that music longer because now I got to talk <laughs> until it starts to fade back oh, in. Man, so, just uh, talking, 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 talking. Talk. What, what can we talk about? We already talked about hockey, right? Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's fading. So let's go. Let's go.